to another commodity update brought to you by the team of analysts from Mikado.com.au. Today it'll be myself, Andrew Whitelaw, talking about grains, Olivia Agar talking about sheep, and Matt Douglas will be talking about cattle and wool. The world's a very different place from it was a week ago. Uh, we are now working uh, remotely as a business, so each of our analysts will be working from uh, from home for the foreseeable future, which is to be honest to us, it's not a major uh, impact because we, uh, we're we all uh, experienced in working from home and uh, we have all the facilities already in place and we have been doing this for the past five years. So not, not a major issue for us, but clearly a major issue for a lot of companies who aren't used to having their staff working in remote locations. So yes, today's podcast... Uh, with Olivia, Matt and myself, we're all recording in different areas, so some of the sound quality might not be up to our usual standards, but, uh, you know, keep calm and carry on and uh, we'll see what happens. So I'm going to just jump straight into the grains market and what a week, what a, like, I can't really describe it without swearing, but I'm not going to, but absolutely bonkers, really, and, and very beneficial to, to grain farmers. So the main thing really actually has been the Australian dollar. We've seen it absolutely smashed, hit lows just just north of 55 cents, so 55 and a quarter cents against the US dollar. Lowest level it's been to since 2001. And just to put it in perspective, the Aussie dollar was at 70 cents on the 1st of January. And the expectations were that the Australian dollar would be rising this year to, you know, on average the banks were forecasting around uh, 72 to 75 cents, and now we're at 55 cents. Clearly, can't really blame the banks. No one would have seen this coronavirus black swan event uh, hitting the world the way it has. But what does that mean for you as a, as a Australian grain farmer? Well, again, swaps and futures and options are should be in the tool bag for, uh, for for most farmers. But what we've actually seen is, as an example, the Chicago wheat swap for December at the start of this week was $310 a tonne. By Friday, we're at $347 a tonne. Like, come on, that is bonkers. And it's providing fantastic opportunities for, for producers. Uh, we're coming ahead of a year where Australian crops going to be, you know, has the potential to be good, has the potential to be a uh, above average crop, uh, which is fantastic. We need production first, then price. But this gives you a really good starting point for your marketing. So what you can effectively do is lock in, you know, 347s around about that level uh, for the coming harvest and uh, yeah, it sets you up good for your, for your marketing. And then you've got basis to either add or subtract uh, to that figure, but really, you know, basis is not gonna go to minus 70, fingers crossed, touch wood, uh, but you end up with a, with a pretty good starting figure. Uh, from a consumer's point of view, like this Aussie dollar is, is flipping around quite a lot, so it may be if you're taking out uh, protection for next year's crop, you might wanna take out you know, a sh like a like a swap in uh, in U.S. dollar terms, with the view that the Australian dollar rises back up to uh, levels in the in the 60s or or even 70s, uh, because the reality is no one knows what is going to happen in this marketplace. You know, if we have, you know, we we're only on the cusp of uh, 
the coronavirus event in Australia. We could become in Italy and could have you know, thousands in hospital and thousands dying over the coming weeks. And that, and that will add a lot of uncertainty to the, uh, the Australian dollar. And that will, that will see things uh, weaken further potentially. But conversely, we could see uh, a, a very good uh, response from our government and we could see the, uh, this, re this resolve fairly quickly. And, and if on a global level this coronavirus isn't extended too long, we'll, we'll see a recovery. We always do. And uh, the Australian dollar will, will, will likely rebound on that. So, yeah, it's just really an Aussie dollar story uh, for the most part. Uh, however, uh, China, our friends in China, have got back into the marketplace. They've uh, apparently uh, recovered from coronavirus. Uh, they've got their phase one deal to uh, to meet. And they've been out there buying corn and hard red winter wheat. And that's an interesting one because we've been talking about uh, Kansas and Chicago spread for, for a long time. We've been saying that uh, as, as, as early as I think last July, we were saying it's a good buy to do a spread trade on uh, Chicago and Kansas. And that is really starting to play out pretty well now. And, and those who, who have taken out, especially consumers who have taken out a, a Kansas hedge, that's really sort of playing uh, playing out at the moment and, and uh, providing some pretty good uh, rewards back to those consumers. Really, an Aussie dollar situation, uh, it's going to be an interesting one again for the next couple of weeks. No one knows what's going to happen and it's just really a case of watch and see. I'm going to pass you off to Olivia to cover off on sheep. Thank you, Andrew. Last week I spoke about the fact that there wasn't any real sign of panic buying in the wool market. And that rang true again for this week with some pretty considerable falls across all categories there. But looking at lamb and sheep markets this week, and we did hear some anecdotal reports of a little bit of panic buying going on, but delving into the numbers told a bit of a different story. So certainly at a retail level, the panic buying has moved into the meat products. Just about all that was left on the shelves last time I was at the supermarket was the plant-based sausages. And we actually heard that a larger retailer was looking out for 25% increase in processing of red meat to help stock up their shelves. Although uh, looking at the combined lamb and sheep slaughter across the East Coast, it showed that there really wasn't any appetite from processors to get into the market too heavily, uh, especially with prices where they are at right now. So volumes of sheep and lamb slaughter have fallen right down to levels that we usually see in the depths of winter, which is about 25% under the five-year average that we'd usually see at this time of year. And prices at East Coast Yards did soften this week with all the jitters around COVID-19 and the uncertain global economic situation, of course. The Aussie dollar collapsed, um, but that did mean that land prices in foreign buyer terms came off 10% just in this week alone. So that was a bit of a leg up for sheep meat producers that are now a bit more competitive from a global perspective. But given the concern around the global economy, it is quite hard to picture much more of a rally um, at the sow yard in the short term. That's it for me. I'm going to hand over now to Matt, who will give you the update on cattle markets for the week. Thanks, Dad, Olivia. We'll jump straight into cattle markets and turning our attention first to overseas. Uh, the US live cattle futures over the last fortnight or so have taken a significant dive. Uh, and this is really speculatively driven price movements on the back of coronavirus concerns and what that might do to global demand and growth and therefore flowing through to global um, demand for beef product as well. So the speculators have taken hold and sold the uh, US live cattle futures. In fact, if you go back 
about a month or so that was sitting at around 130 cents a pound over there. They go against the pound. Um, and it's now sub 100 uh, cents a pound. It was last time I checked it was around 95, 96 cents a pound US. Uh, so significant sell-off in those US prices. And, and that's really a driver of global scenario that, that US live cattle gives a really indication as to how the global picture, picture is sitting. What that's meant for Australia, obviously, is it has shown there is a bit of concern around around what's going to happen. Um, so this is, like I said, speculative. So it's not a fundamental um, shift just yet, but certainly there are concerns that this is going to be a contagion around the world and it's going to impact in a beat, that underlying beef demand down the track, and that's why the speculators have taken hold. And if you bring it back to Australia, we have seen cattle prices soften this week. The Eki's down around 24 cents on the week. But what's probably driving that initially is probably the stronger supplies we've been seeing coming forward. So I think some producers may have taken the view that in these uncertain times, I've got cattle in the paddock that are right to, that can go and that can go at good prices. So we have seen a bit of a jump in cattle yardings of Eki cattle. And that's probably what's softened the market this week so far for young cattle. Finished prices, I think processors are in a situation where they're well aware of what the issue is with uh, shortage of supply in Australia and they were staring down the barrel of um, very high prices here because of that shortage of supply. Um, with the overseas uncertainty, it's meant that um, they're trading very cautiously. So finished cattle prices haven't been able to um, get up to the levels that we've seen for young cattle prices of late with the Eki rallying so hard up until recently. But the concern for processors, I guess, is like I said, what's happening overseas and um, these US live cattle futures coming off would be what they're probably watching closely and just seeing how that flows through the beef prices for them for their export product. Uh, one positive this week for both producers and I guess to a degree for those um, exporters as well of beef product is the Aussie dollar. Um, that's come off, it's hit an 18 year low this week, so a significant sell off in the Aussie dollar and uh, went down to around the 55 cent level um, just yesterday. So that's one thing that has actually insulated a little bit um, and, and given both beef producers and the exporters of beef in Australia and the processes that export overseas, it's given them some level of a competitive advantage now that uh, price coming off so hard uh, or the Aussie dollar coming off so hard, it's meant that our, um, our beef prices uh, for that finished stock is still competitive overseas. And that's one good thing. And, and looking at the modelling from that perspective, we do a lot of modelling at Mercado of these things. And if you look at something just like the national heavy steer, the fact that the Aussie has come off and US live cattle futures have come off uh, in, in the same direction. So on our modelling, for every 10 cent fall in US live cattle futures, we tend to see around a 50 cent uh, reduction in the forecast price, the annual average forecast price for national heavy steer. And for every 10 cent fall in the Aussie dollar, we tend to see about a 40 cent increase to the forecast price of uh, national heavy steer. So providing that US live cattle and the Aussie move together and, and as we have seen in the last uh, few weeks or so they have been moving together um, that means that in terms of our forecast pricing there's only slight reductions to what we're calling um, for this year in the uh, national every steer so something to keep in mind and keep watch of what's going on with both the Aussie and um, what's happening in live cattle futures uh, and we'll certainly be reporting on that as we go forward with Mercado. That's probably it for uh, beef cattle markets uh, that's of note this week. Um, I'll just touch on uh, the wool market as well so the wool market lost around 83 cents this week, the Eastern Market Indicator that is, about 5% drop on the week. So it's closed at 14.38. Generally speaking, when you see a fall of the magnitude that we saw in the Aussie dollar, um, that tends to be supportive of wool prices, but certainly this week hasn't been the case. 
and that's really demonstrating those lower wool prices in US terms, significantly lower wool prices in US terms, which indeed it was around an 18% fall in US terms, so one of the biggest falls we've seen in a, in a good while, in over 10 years indeed, um, for, for EMI in US terms. Even with those lower prices, we haven't seen the wool market be able to find some support. So it does uh, signal that concern that's around the globe uh, with regards to to GDP and to growth and how um, many countries now, including Australia, are, are staring down the barrel of a recession, potentially, and, and wool is one of those commodities that doesn't respond kindly to uh, when, the, when the globe and markets go into recession. So that's uh, pretty much it for this week. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you've heard on this little short mark update, make sure to let your friends and family and anyone you can think of know about it. You take care out there. Make sure you keep washing your hands and keep practicing that social distancing. And we'll be back in touch with you again uh, in next week. Take care. Bye.